This episode is brought to you by Kitcaster. Kitcaster books you on top podcasts. How do funded startup founders attract prospects and talent? Podcast interviews. How do entrepreneurs with exits find new deals? Podcast interviews. How do C-suite execs differentiate in crowded markets? Podcast interviews. Kitcaster books you on top podcasts. Click the link in the show notes for a special offer. Celebrate good conversation. Hey there, you are listening to the Dream Big and Kick-Ass Podcast. I'm Mandy, your host, and I'm so glad you're here. If you want encouragement, inspiration, support, empowerment, then join me as we talk about finding and following your purpose, overcoming adversity, and living out our dreams. If you believe life's too short to be caught up in insecurities, fear, and feeling defeated, then let's hang out in the Dream Big and Kick-Ass Podcast. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm super excited to introduce to you my guest today. Her name is Maggie Karshner. She's a self-employment coach based in Seattle, Washington, serving solopreneurs throughout the USA. She launched her business coaching practice in 2014. And prior to that, she had already acquired 10 years industry experience encompassing managing a small business. She's an entrepreneur herself twice over, in addition to working closely with entrepreneurs throughout her career. So Maggie, tell us a little bit more about yourself. Yeah, so... I got into this work because I love helping people turn their passions into viable businesses. Like my little introduction said, I I did do some sort of corporate management consulting at one point in my career. That was actually the last job I had before I became self-employed. And I found that even mid-sized companies, it's kind of like steering an ocean liner. And it's like to make a turn, it's going to take like six months to a year. And I was like, I want more immediate change. So I knew I needed to go smaller. And so I had actually already been sort of on the side as a hobby coaching some of my friends with their businesses. And I was like, oh, I want to do more of this. And and that was in, I guess, technically 2013, since I launched in 2014. Yeah. And then the rest is sort of history. Here I am doing that. Cool. Talk about your products and services. Like what are your services? What do you do? Yeah, yeah. So I'm a business coach. I help people start their self-employed businesses. That takes the shape of group coaching primarily. And so so I meet in small groups with folks and I design whatever we're going to be learning that day based on who's in the group, what's going on for them, and, and things like that. So, so yeah, I meet with people. We help launch their businesses. At some point, they graduate and they're like, I'm happy. I don't want to see you anymore. And I'm like, great, I'm happy too. <laughs> awesome. So I think you actually already touched on this, but the main reason you started your business, can you go into more a little bit more detail there? Yeah, yeah. So I am a nerd about business things. Yes. And I realized that there are plenty of people who get into business because they are really passionate about something, right? They've been trained in something, they're skilled in something like, like a yoga teacher, a massage practitioner, a therapist, right? Like these industries, you do it because your heart's in it, not because you're really good at business. And so I'm an asset to folks. Because I'm the nerd that can come in and be like, oh, have you thought about this? And like, what's happening with your, your sort of sales process? Like, how do people become clients? Oh, okay, cool. Like, let's make sure all of these pieces are working. And so I come in and, and nerd out, which makes me insanely happy. And then they end up with businesses that are like custom tailored to them and everything that makes them tick and what they're excited about. So 
Very win-win. I love it. (laughs) Awesome. So who's your target client? Like your, your ideal person? Yeah. My ideal person is a creative, passionate type of person. They're, they're really into, you know, what they do, but they don't know either. They don't see how it could become a business or they don't have all the skills at hand. Like they've never had to market or sell themselves or they just don't like, because I also work with a lot of real estate agents and that's a pretty sales heavy arena. But most of my real estate agents are the type who don't love the super salesy thing. And so I love taking like, I'm a nerd and I go and I read sales books and I attend trainings and stuff. And I go, ah, I see what you're trying to do. We're going to do this like real humans instead of like slimy salespeople. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Okay, so what sets you and your business apart from the rest of of the other business coaches that are out there? Well, it has me in it, obviously. Of course. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think I take a very pragmatic approach to all things entrepreneurship. Like I know there's a lot of folks out there who are kind of hardline about stuff. You know, it's like that story of, well, you got to get up at 5 a.m. and go for a run and then meditate and then get your emails checked before 8 a.m. and then like, and I, I'm a night owl. That, is no that way makes my happening. head explode. I'm just going <laughs> to tell you now. That makes my that? head explode. Like, no. Yeah. So I'm part of the camp of folks who are like, mm, we're not doing that. But also that like, y- there's no one right way to run a business. Right. I don't think. I mean, there's definitely a billion and five wrong ways, but it needs to be for the scale that I work at, right? I work with self-employed people. You're the only person in your business. It needs to be tailored to you. It needs to suit you. So like, let's not say, you know, every business needs to do X, Y, Z. Let's say, okay, how can we achieve this goal in a way that suits you best, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, you're going to have to file taxes, for example, but how can we do record keeping in a way that, that works with your sort of natural rhythms rather than this is the best way of doing things? Yes. Okay. I like that. Which by the way, I need help with that. I'm just saying. <laughs> Cool, cool, cool. We'll talk. We'll talk. <laughs> okay, we'll talk about that. So then, just kind of describe for us or outline a, a typical day for you. What does that look like for you? Oh yeah, yeah. And I walk my talk, so, so like, <laughs> you can hold me to that. I will hold myself okay. to that too and call myself out. Yeah. So my day starts no earlier than ten a.m. because okay. that's what I decided is a nice time to start trying to think in the day. Amen, sister. <laughs> And then it wraps up like my last session is no later than 4.30. So like I'm done with my work day at like 5.30. If I stay on my computer, which has been happening a lot during the pandemic, you know, that's up to me. But I also only see clients Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. So like this is Wednesday. This is the day that I, or we're recording this on a Wednesday. This Uh is the day that I work on my business instead of in my business. So I'm doing stuff that's like more promotional and getting the word out and like writing blog articles and that sort of stuff Uh on my Wednesdays. Cool. Do you have like any batching things that you do? Like I know a lot of of people who write or who do like podcasts, like this is my third interview today. So I try to keep all my interviews on like the first two Wednesdays of, of each month to kind of batch them all together. So I can already have everything already set up and I can roll yeah, with it a yeah, little yeah. bit easier. That's really smart. Considering I end up on I wish I could, could say that I came up with that on my own, but I did not. I learned from other people. So. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> I think the, the big thing that I, particularly this year that I've been exploring, I hired a virtual assistant. Me too. 
oh my god they're wonderful and so it's been less of batching and more of like I get to be over here being my creative self and then like all the mundane stuff my VA does (laughs) yes yeah which I do some VA work myself actually for other people but Nice. But yeah, yeah, but I've also had like I have somebody that edits the podcasts, the podcast episodes because like it's just it's too much, it's too time consuming to keep up with that and everything else. So yeah, so, yeah, yeah, it really is. Like delegating is so important. Yeah, and I think that's more effective than like like batching. Yeah, like do things at the same time when it makes sense, and yeah. then there's the stuff that you don't even have to do. Right, exactly. That's a good segue into the next questions because like, what do you do for self-care? I think part of that as a business person, knowing when to delegate, knowing when to get certain things off your plate so that you can do the things that in your zone of genius or whatever, I think that's a a part of self-care. But what else do you do for that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Thinking of that, I have a ritual around like when working starts and ends, like this computer is set up here and this is the work spot in my apartment. I used to have an office, but you know, pandemic. Yeah. (laughs) And so this gets shut down when work is done and it gets put away in a corner and like, I don't interact with it, which is, I think, very helpful for self-care. And then I make sure to have fun stuff to do when I'm not working, because one of the problems when you're self-employed and you love what you do is that it's like you have this toy you get to play with. But if this is the only toy you ever play with, you get kind of brain dead. And so, you know, it's, it's not... I can't finish that task or I, I want to do more stuff in my business. It's I've done enough on my business today. We're going to shut the laptop. We're going to go do something else, which yeah. lately has been a whole lot of sewing. Yeah. Talk about that. Did somebody <laughs> teach you or are you learning from YouTube or what's so what's going on? Did you teach yourself? All of the above. I learned to sew when I was a child. Uh, my grandmother was an avid sewer. Yeah. She was a terrible teacher. So she very wisely had other people teach us. <laughs> <laughs> But maybe five years ago, I got a wild hair. I was like, I want to make my own clothing. Went and got like a cheap sewing machine off of Craigslist and like just started trying to make stuff. Yeah. Had a blast at it. And then it's just snowballed since then. And my grandma actually passed away in that time. uh, And I inherited her machine. Oh, good. So like I have literally her machine and I sew on it and it is so much nicer than the one from Craigslist. (laughs) (laughs) And it's more nostalgic too. Oh yeah. It's meaningful. That's so awesome. So what kind of things are you sewing? What's your latest project? My latest project, I just participated in the International Bra Sewing Bee, which was last weekend. I did not know that was a thing, but yeah. Learn something new every day. That's cool. <laughs> well, was, this is only its second year, so okay. it's very new. <laughs> That's but, what yeah. happens when there's a pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> People got to come up with other things to do. <laughs> uh, a little bit. Like, I was sort of like, maybe I could sew a bra, and then the pandemic hit, and I was like, what else do I got to do? <laughs> I don't have a social life anymore. I'll go learn how to do this. And That's funny. Yeah. Cool. Okay, well, that's cool. I've crocheted like a like a bathing suit top, which is a bra, really. Mm-hmm, so that's mm-hmm. about as far as I've ever gotten. Now, I haven't worn it, but I made it. So <laughs> very nice. There's that. <laughs> you know, funnily enough, crocheting was my gateway drug of fiber art. I didn't yeah. know how to crochet. I got a wild hair one day, taught myself off of YouTube. Yeah, and and then what I got frustrated with when I got really good with crocheting is that I wanted to make myself garments. 
out of crochet, but I didn't know how to ensure it would fit. Right. And none of the patterns came in my size because I'm a plus size lady and of course yeah. they don't. And so I was like, wait a second, if I don't make the fabric and I just use ready-made fabric and assemble it, that's called sewing. I should that's try that. That's called sewing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. My mom had taught me a little bit of crochet when I was a kid, but I really wasn't that interested in it then. And then, and she also sewed, my grandma sewed. I wasn't interested in that either um, until later years. But, but then when I was like, if, I don't know, it's been several years ago that I was like, I'm going to start crocheting again or just start crocheting really. And so, but yeah, I could remember the very, very basics, but I couldn't remember, you know, how to actually make something. So I, yeah, I YouTube did everything. But I, I like, I think I have like crochet ADHD or something like that because I would get into the middle of a project and then I would just get bored with it and like, nah, I don't want to do that anymore. Next one. And so I have all, I have boxes full of scraps of something that was going to try to be a tank top and something that was going to try to be a hat. I did make some hats and some scarves, actually sold them too. But, but like some of, there's so many like piddly look, I mean, just, it just looks terrible. They're like, what, what the hell was this supposed to be? I don't even know. Like, but I would just get distracted and, and I'm not a really good follower of a pattern either. Mm. And so if it, if it was a stitch that, you know, you had to do a lot of the same stitch throughout for a long period of time, I was like, okay, I'm bored. I don't want to do this anymore. Let me just, what's the next, Ooh, I can make that. So I realized that I needed to, whatever I decided to embark on, it could not be a sweater. It could not be something that would take a long time. It would have to be something really easy, simple, like a phone holder or something like that you know but Ooh, or washcloths yes washcloth i did i did a few one. of those yeah so yeah, hats are pretty good for that too yeah, yeah. so uh, that's my crochet story not that you yeah. asked for it but <laughs> i love it i love it <laughs> okay so let's talk about what's the hardest part about being an entrepreneur and what do you love the most about it i think you may have touched a little bit on it but let's see if we can narrow it down a little bit more yeah totally so i'm a weirdo in this camp since I help other people be entrepreneurs like there I love like 99.9% of everything yeah. about being an entrepreneur and like Good. the the stuff that I mean one of the best parts for me is that anytime one of my clients has a question I get to go like research it like I get to go learn about new things yeah if I'm curious about something I can call it business development you know and I'm like go take a <laughs> trading on it and I'm happy <laughs> as a clam so like I love nearly everything and thinking about what's most challenging is difficult because I love the challenge in it. But I think the, like the most unexpected challenge was the, the ebb and flow of business, uh -huh. which I like, I knew about when I was getting started, like I had all, I had this graph in Excel that was like how much money I was making. And it was like, right. Right. But it was always trending upwards. And I was like, okay, okay, okay. So there's this ebb and flow it dips a couple of times, but like, it's fine. Like I was really used to it. And, you know, like a few years into my business, I think it, it must've been the 2018 election hit. And then like four months after that, my business had disappeared. Oh Not my completely, gosh. but it yeah. felt like it. Yeah. And my revenue was so low. Like I wasn't, I was worried about being able to pay rent for yeah. my office, not oh my no. personal rent, my office rent. Right. Like that's without paying myself. And so that was like, terrifying and a whole new level of like, hold on, I was ready for instability, but this is a whole new thing. Yeah. But I got through it because this is what you do when you're an entrepreneur. You, right. you fall down, you stand back up again. Yeah. Did it's you pivot in any way? I mean, like, did you like try really, different things or? I think in that instance, it was very much like myself. And I think 
a fair amount of the folks around me were a little bit stunned at the results. Mm -hmm. You know, I was sort of in a stupor and I wasn't doing anything. And so it was more of like this wake up call of like, hey, Maggie, you actually have to do things in your business. (laughs) And so it was like Like a action going on. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I can't just be in a state of stupor for four months. Like, no, no, no. So I like, jumped on a couple marketing projects, like did some of the tried and true stuff that I have always done to sort of drum up business. Yeah. And just everything came back. Good. So one of the things I I talk about in a couple of blog articles is this notion of like, marketing inertia that like, I liken it to like, if you're a duck on a river, right, you can be paddling, but the river is going to also push you. And so I stopped paddling for a while. And so I slowed way down, but I still had some momentum. Because there's this part of being in business that just has a movement to it. And so it was just a matter of starting to kick again. Yeah. Okay. So what big obstacle have you overcome in your life? And how have you done that? Mm Mm-hmm. Besides yeah. being self-employed. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, well, there's plenty. There's the obvious one of I'm self-employed. There's the, <laughs> the crisis I was just talking about. Um, <laughs> I can't remember what I put on your form. Something about needle, a phobia of needles. Oh, yes. Yeah, so I have a phobia of needles. Like it's apparently serious. Like it's, yeah, people, like everybody's afraid of needles. Like not literally everybody, but most people are like, yeah. I don't like needles. And I'm like, I don't want to be in a room with a needle. I will hide under a chair if no. there is something coming. Like, I avoid it. Like, wow. I mean, avoiding is my first line of defense. And then there's just panic and shut down. So it's like, it's, it's a phobia, like yeah. capital PH phobia. So what happens if you go to the doctor and you have to have lab work or something like that? What's what happens? <laughs> I've never have had to, lab like, work. Do they have to? <laughs> What? No yeah. way. No, they, Girl. They, tried, they tried to draw my blood once when I was a child and they pulled me out from under a chair and pinned me down and they didn't get enough blood to do lab work. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. I hope that you're a really good health advocate for yourself uh, at all times so that you don't have I to. Am. <laughs> but like, here's the thing. I'm vaccinated. Like I got an injection oh my gosh. in the last few months because yeah. I don't want to have freaking COVID. Right. And like, It's a challenge and it's a challenge that's overcomable. And this is actually something I I tend to bring up a lot in my coaching because it's gotten me really intimately aware of how fear functions. Yeah. And that like there's a lot of layers and flavors to it. And how paralyzing it can be. Yeah, Yeah. seriously. And there are strategies to overcome that and there is a way through it. And it doesn't make, like, for me, it doesn't make the phobia go away. Like, the phobia right. is still very much there. And I will someday get lab work done. But, like, <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> there needs to be a real good reason first. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, but it takes, there's an effort to it. There's a learning to it. Like, for me, there's a procedure to it because that helps yeah. bring me a sense of safety. And I think it translates really well to, like, a lot of things in life. Like, there's so many things in life to be afraid of. Sure. But you can't let that stop you or else, what, you're just going to hide in your house all day? Like, right. that's not living. No, no. Okay, so then I have to know, what got you through getting stuck with the needle for the vaccine? Like, what did you do? Yeah, so... How'd you psych um, yourself up for that? <laughs> <laughs> well, first off, I psyched myself down for, like, the entire pandemic. So that worked well. Don't recommend. Yeah, so I really can mostly credit my best friend for this because she did all the heavy lifting. 
I told her like what I needed. I was like, okay, here's the situation. I need to have some level of trust with the person who's going to do this injection. I need to have control and expectation in that situation. I need to know what to expect. So we need to do a dry run. We need to practice. Yeah. Here's what practicing looks like in my situation. And she like called around to all of the vaccination locations and was like, okay, who will let us do this? Like we could bring our own person. Can we have a preview run? Like, yeah. what do you guys need? And she found this one Rite Aid that was like actually in downtown and yeah. like, they were like super chill. And she's like, these people get it. And so they let me come in like a week before. And I met with the pharmacist and he was like confused. Right. Why are you coming in beforehand? <laughs> yeah. He's like, why about... is this a big deal? And I'm like, yeah. I'm a nervous mess. And my best friend was like, let me translate. Cause she was yeah. there with me. And she's like, this is what we need. And I was like, Oh, you're saying all of the words. That's yeah. great. Yeah. <laughs> we did some rehearsals. It was great. I knew what to expect. And then we set a date that like, I mean, the pharmacist didn't write it down, but like me and my best friend did work. We're coming in at this time. Sure. Yeah. I'm going to take some, what's the stuff? Ativan. Okay. Yeah. Prescription for some Ativan. Mm-hmm. Best friend is going to drive me so that I'm not driving a motor vehicle. Right. And, and I get a Starbucks Frappuccino afterwards. Because, oh, yay. A surprise yeah, afterwards. Bribery is a not Yes. A bad thing if it yeah. makes it work. And it was, frankly, that experience, it was remarkable to really have this clear example of like what a medication can do because I was so terrified in the rehearsals that we did. And then the day of with the Ativan in yeah. effect, it was like, I don't want this to happen, but I'm not mortally terrified of it. And right. my insides yeah. aren't trying to like escape out of every pore. <laughs> like so much better yeah yeah and I I mean I think it actually took like 15 minutes on the day of like it was not a big deal no but it's a big deal for me and so yeah the time it needed to take well that's awesome now do you think if you ever have to do it again like would you do the whole Ativan route do the whole preview stuff and yeah no that pharmacist is now my pharmacist okay (laughs) he doesn't know this like I don't get my prescriptions there actually but yeah no like if we have to have more boosters or like the next flu shot if I want to go in for that or like yeah yeah, no I have a list of stuff where I'm like I would like to get this vaccine and that vaccine and the other vaccine and all this stuff that I didn't get uh and he would be the one who's going to give it to me yeah okay well good to know that's that's you better not quit I told him that too (laughs) right you are not allowed to move pharmacies (laughs) right Man, and I've had that happen with doctors or even like a hairdresser. Like I had a girl for 15 years doing my hair. She knew my hair. She knew my head. She knew what needed to happen. She moved to Colorado. Didn't even ask me, you know, rude. And so um, <laughs> so for the last, I don't know, eight, nine years, like I've just been hopping around from hairdresser to hairdresser, trying to find the right one, trying to find one that will, I like the way that they color it and cut it, you know, usually it's like oh, one or yeah. the other. So anyway, I'm, I'm still on the search for that. Maybe yeah. I can find one like you found your pharmacist. But Yeah. Well, <laughs> and I joke because I, I had a, a doctor who was working for me and then she retired. Oh, yeah. yeah I mean, I'm sucks. glad she got to retire, but I was also like, I know yeah. away my resource. <laughs> All right. Yeah. That's happened to me too before. Like I finally found one that would listen to me you know, listen to me. Yeah. Yeah. Actually you know, listen to you. Yeah. Kind of a big deal. So then she, I went to her for a long time and then she, she moved to, I think New Hampshire. And then the lady that stepped in for her 
was really good. I liked her. She was fine. And then she freaking retired. Mm. So yeah, yeah I, I get you. Yeah. So maybe I can, I mean, I found another person that I'm, I'm okay with as far as doctors are concerned, but anyway. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's a challenge. Let's see. Enough about me. <laughs> 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 Who or what motivates and inspires you? Oh gosh. Like all of my clients inspire yeah. me stuff that they're into like I think anybody who has a passion is pretty freaking interesting like I love when people nerd out about something yeah so that just lights me up if you're talking more about like big names that inspire me and stuff like that I love the work of Brene Brown yeah me too oh yeah and Carl Lowenthal I probably butchered her last name she does this podcast that has a bad word in it. So I don't know if I'm allowed to say it. No, you're totally allowed to say it. This, this, this podcast <laughs> is called dream big and kick ass. You're totally allowed to say it. <laughs> okay. Well, it's the unfuck your brain podcast, okay. which is <laughs> brilliant. She's a very smart lady. Cool. And um, yeah, so those are some people that, that I love to, to follow and get inspired by. Yeah. Awesome. So what makes you laugh your ass off? Oh, life. Most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm a pretty easy to laugh person, so it doesn't take a lot. Yeah. I do I do love some good comedy. I, I mean, I love to have fun with everything that I do. It's hard to remember because it's been a long pandemic, but like uh, I've been in a choir uh, for the past few years uh-huh. and those ladies are hysterical and we just have a blast together, yeah. which we haven't really been able to be together for a year, but. Right. Can I you guys Zoom? Them. We do. We Zoom. We have Zoom good. sing-alongs. We started having some gatherings in park, no singing yeah. yet, because singing is a highly contagious activity. <laughs> we now know. Yeah. Well, I'm hoping you guys can get back to that soon. Me too. Any favorite books or podcasts other than what's what you've already mentioned? I know you mentioned one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So uh, one that I think is so worth mentioning, a book, it's called Braiding Sweetgrass. Yeah. It's an amazing book. I don't actually know like where it gets which shelf it gets put on in the bookstore. <laughs> but it's, to me, it's actually something that I bring into my work as a business coach. I, the, the subject material is by Robin Wall Kimmerer. And she, I believe, is trained in botany, science, something like that. Right. She's also, uh, she's of native descent. She's a native person. So she also brings that sort of perspective. And in that book, she sort of marries them. And I loved the like looking at ecology and biology from this sort of different perspective. And it's something that I've translated into the work that I do as a business coach, because I think businesses are an organism. It's a, it's a way, it's a thing that has come out of us as humans, out of us as organisms in a way that we organize ourselves. And so we can do that in a lot of different ways. And I see ways of thinking about that, that sort of parallel what she writes about in that book. Cool. Interesting. What is your go-to beverage? My go-to beverage on the average day is usually Dr. Pepper, but like right now, sweet tea is my jam. Yeah. And like, I'm not drinking it today because I can't handle the sugar and the caffeine. So it's yeah. a thing. When I was, on my sewing staycation, I like just drank pitchers of sweet tea, which a you can't tea. get in the Pacific Northwest. So I had to like, make I was going to say like, that's a Southern thing, man. So yeah, I grew up in like, Texas. Okay. Well, well all right then I'm from Oklahoma. <laughs> we, so we are kindred spirits. Yeah. 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 Okay. So now, yeah, you're not really from up there. 
Well, I kind of am now. <laughs> are you? I don't, I don't belong in either place at this point, so it's fine. <laughs> yeah. What are the big differences from your perspective of the two different regions of the United States? Okay, so between Seattle and San Antonio, because I, I grew up in San Antonio, it has a, I believe it's a majority population Hispanic at this uh-huh. point. Yeah. So yeah. one thing I've really missed is like the ever presentness of like Hispanic culture. Right. And like I moved up here, there's this chain of taco shops called Taco Time. Yeah. I was horrified. You were horrified because they were did not horrified. know how to do taco. The food they gave me was very tasty. Yeah. But like as the epitome of this, the side that they include with the taco, they call them Mexi fries and they are tater tots. The side that they put with your taco, right? So you get your main and your side and your right. drink. The side, they call them yeah. Mexi fries, but they are tater tots. <laughs> I don't understand. Oh, <laughs> that doesn't like, go with tacos. You don't do tater tots with tacos. I know. And like the food that was tasty. Right. It was in a tortilla. It had some kind of white cream sauce. Like it wasn't a crema though. It was like, it was tasty. It just yeah. had never seen a Mexican. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Oh man. Which of course a lot of the Mexican food here is Tex-Mex, but still there's some authentic Mexican places you can go to in Oklahoma City. But I don't know if I can handle it, handle moving that far north because of not having Mexican. Not that I can really eat it right now anyway. That's the whole other, you don't even want to hear all that part, but I'm on a very strict diet right now. But mm. Well, it, we anyway. do have some good Mexican food, but you do kind of have to hunt for it. You can't just like yeah stop at anything with taco in the name and think you're going to get That's a, a taco. Sad, 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 sad situation, I would think. <laughs> yeah, it does make me a little sad sometimes. Oh, do you have any favorite shows that you like to binge watch? Oh my gosh, so many, especially during a pandemic. So I sort of classify TV in two categories. It's like good TV and then there's like crap TV. And so the good TV, I tend not to binge. Like I watch it episode by episode with like my full focus. And that's stuff like I just finished Loki on Disney+. Plus. I loved Bridgerton on Netflix. I love Star Trek Discovery and I'm easily awaiting a new season, which... I don't know when it's coming out, but not now. (laughs) I think that one's on Paramount Plus. So, like, that's my good TV. And then there's, like, the stuff that I play in the background while I'm sewing projects and stuff. Right. Yeah. And that stuff is, like, mm, I finished all of Stargate during the pandemic, and now I'm into Stargate Atlantis. (laughs) We love Stargate. Yeah, we did Stargate. Oh, my God. Love it. Yeah. I also am into, I'm sort of switching between that and Medium right now, which is, like, yeah, I think that's an older show. But basically anything that's super episodic. And so, like, like there's a, a problem and a solution that happens within one episode, right? Yeah. And it follows the same pattern, and it's very predictable, so that, like, if I'm in my work and I don't see what happened, yeah. I can kind of guess what happened. You can still figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Still, it's not a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> what is your vision for your life for the next five years? Oh, the vision for my life for the next five years to not be in a pandemic. That'd be great. Yes. Amen, no. sister. <laughs> My business is in this place where it's, it's doing pretty good. So I am exploring new, I mean, I'm always interested in like what's going on with like social media. That's always a moving target. I love having fun figuring that stuff out and you know, whatever my clients bring to me, but also some of the, the areas of business I've been getting into lately are investing. 
So uh-huh. how to make money, make money, which is a fun, fun trick of capitalism. And okay. Yeah. Oh, and like philanthropy, like when I ha- have enough, what do I do with the extra? Probably going to give it away. Right. Who do I give it yeah. away to? How does that work? So yeah, that's sort of where so you're going to still explore that or do you have something, an idea of wh- what you're going to do with that? No, that's like actively exploring. Like if you come back to me in five years, I will be like, okay, I have understood how these things work. I will okay. tell you all about investments and philanthropy and what they mean and how to do them better. What do you think you're going to do with the philanthropy? Like, do you have ideas or what? Yeah. So you know, it's the type of thing that like in five years, uh, if you come and find me, I'll be like, okay, wait, I understand how your values align with what you donate to and like how much that should be and like what enough oh, okay. is so that the rest can go to things that matter and like what that means. So that's yeah. my thought process right now. Okay. Not knowing what five years is actually going to hold. Sure. Awesome. Well, that sounds cool. Is there anything else that you would like to talk about that we haven't touched on? Well, we touched a little on my group coaching. I'd love to give a little plug. I've got um, a start date. They come up once or twice a month. And so I've got one coming up on August 20th. Okay. What's one thing that you would like to leave with our listeners today? Any particular valuable lesson or a quote that keeps you going or anything like that? Yeah. The thing I want everybody to sort of impart is that there's no reason to wait. Like you can start making progress towards your goals and your dreams like right now. Right. Yeah. It, you kind maybe you have to get creative about it because like you don't want to like leave your day job tomorrow. But like that doesn't mean that you can't have a plan in place where you're like, all right, you know, I'm saving up a nest egg so I can navigate this transition. I can do yeah. some work in the background. Like let's all be like create our lives so that they're actually meaningful and fulfilling for us. Yes, um, amen. <laughs> because I think that's the most important thing. And, and it's actually, in my stance, it's vital to society. So, you know, if we are each sort of unique creatures that are somewhat different from everybody else, like we each have a unique contribution we can make. And so in order for society to work, we all have to be making a contribution. Right. And we have to be making that contribution that only we can make. So that's part of why I do the work that I do, because I want to see people do the thing they're meant to do yeah. and not be held back by whatever sort of silly stories society yeah. puts upon us or that we've learned along the way. Like, no, like let's go do this thing and like have a better society. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with that, man. I, cause I really want people to, to step into their greatness, step into their purpose and not be held back by fears or by what you said, the societal norms or whatever because kind of miserable like you're if you're not really stepping into what what your greatness is not stepping into what is fulfilling to you then you're not able to contribute the awesomeness that you are to everybody else either so yeah that's kind of we're in alignment there for um trying to encourage people that's kind of that's part of the reason why i have this podcast to begin with is to encourage other people And let people hear other people's stories about how they've overcome, how they've walked through things, how they have, you know, they're still working towards their goals and and achieving goals and achieving that fulfillment and happiness in their lives. It doesn't mean that that life is going to be hunky-dory all the time. It just, it's not going to be. But you can definitely make it better by the decisions that you make in your life and by overcoming and just facing fears. I mean, like, yeah, you're going to be scared. I was scared last, last year, whenever I made the decision to leave teaching 
that was a scary move after 15 years of doing something that you knew, even though I was pretty much miserable at a lot of it, I was still familiar with it, you know? Yeah. So it yeah. was not an easy transition to make, but I knew at that point, I was just like, I have to change. I have to do something different to see what I can do. And maybe yeah. I'll fall. I told my, my boss, I was like, maybe I'll fall flat on my face. I don't know, but I got to yeah. try. I got to try. Give it you a won't shot. regret trying. No, exactly. So I was like, <laughs> I don't want to regret not doing it, not taking the step. And I was about to turn 50. So I was like, damn it. I got to do something with my, <laughs> my life. This is not working. Yeah. And I don't have a, you know, I'm halfway through my life. I got to do something. So yeah. yeah, I love it. Yeah. That's awesome. So, Okay. All right. Well, how can people get in touch with you? How can they contact you or get in touch with you? Yeah. So there's tons of information on my website, which is www.maggiekarshner.com. My last name is spelled K-A-R-S-H-N-E-R.com. And that has tons of info about me, a contact form if you want to send me an email, links to all my social media, my online courses, as well as how to register for the group. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And that will be in the show notes. So awesome. 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 Okay, Maggie, thank you so, so very much for spending time with me today. I really appreciate your time. I really appreciate all that you're doing. And uh, thank you again for for being on my show. Awesome. Thanks for having me. This has been wonderful. You're welcome. I'm glad you had a good time. If you are enjoying this podcast and getting inspiration and encouragement, then please, please, please subscribe, leave a positive review and share it with three of your friends who need a boost of hope and motivation to dream big. Also, it does cost money to make this podcast happen. So there are monthly fees for recording software and for Buzzsprout, the podcast platform that I use and for my editor. So if you would like to help defer some of what it costs to help keep it going, then you can click the buy me a coffee link in the show notes or on my website at madysawyer.com slash podcast. Also, if you need to delegate some virtual tasks that are bogging you down and keeping you from moving forward in your business, then check out my virtual assistant services on my website, madysawyer.com, and schedule a free consultation call with me. I'd love to help you out during a VIP day where I'll focus only on tackling your tasks so that you have more time to shine in your zone of genius. Thank you so much for listening. And remember to dream big and kick ass.